Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Tea with Timsey and I'm privileged to say I'm joined by an absolute legend, the one and only Jamie Carragher. Jamie, how oh. you doing mate? Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for coming on the show. I know you didn't have any choice in the matter, but <laughs> welcome to the show. No, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, it is Tea with Timsey, me. Uh, you've gone with an English breakfast tea. Yeah, it probably sums it up, doesn't it really? Yeah. Just a, a centre back. Yeah. Six out of ten. Oh, was, no, English breakfast could be right up there. Yeah. A good English breakfast tea. Mm. But uh, we've got... Well, is, is this a good one? Oh, it's everyday tea, isn't it? It's not really. Yeah. It's... So nothing but the best. But anyway, this is the first time I'm actually going to be pouring a, a, a tea for you. So there you go. Probably let Fantastic. that... Give it, give it a minute or two. Let that yeah. brew. But... Uh, it's going to be enough for you. What? Oh, no. What, oh, what is... You're spilling it. You're spilling it. What is your, your usual cuppa? Say you're at home. What is your preferred cuppa, by the way? That's it. Everywhere I go, whether a hotel or a home, English breakfast tea. Really? I've never had a coffee in my life. No way. No. So it was a good job it wasn't a coffee with Colin or yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if I was called Colin, I yeah. would have my own YouTube show, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. You've never had coffee? No. Coffee's really popular with footballers, though. No, no. I just... Uh, just the smell. I've just never... Just, I've, I've, I've never really tasted it. <sighs> to be fair, Everyone yeah. seems to have it and love it, but... The smell of, of coffee is just a no-no really? for me. Okay, fair. All right, well, yeah, no coffee, so you're, you're yeah. sweet. Um, we are here at Soccer Aid, so obviously I have to say a massive, massive shout-out to, to Puma for bringing us in, uh, inviting us down here. Soccer Aid, an amazing event with UNICEF. Uh, you excited? Very excited, yeah. We haven't won one for a while, so I think it's yeah. about time that we, uh, we turn the tables. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been good. We have a, a few drinks. We enjoy ourselves a few days before, and yeah. then it uh, gets a bit more competitive on the day of the game. Nice. England do need to win some in. Yeah. It's been a while, yeah. Um, but yeah. Do you? I mean, do you get to play often? I probably play three or four times a year in these type of games. So we, the last game I played was was against Mr. Neville. Would you believe at okay. uh, our old Trafford about a month ago? We beat them three-one. Was that like a legends game? Liverpool legends v Man United legends. Yeah. Nice. So we won three-one. So uh, if we can beat them, why can't we beat the world? No, that's that is true. Do you even like? Obviously, your 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 schedule's quite busy during the football season. Your schedule's busy because you're obviously, you know, working with Sky and working the games. But do you actually, like, play five-a-side or, like, keep fit in that no, way? No, I, I used to play five-a-side when I first stopped every Friday night at Bootle Stadium. And uh, it was getting too competitive. Or I was getting too competitive, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you end up arguing or putting a bit of a bad tackle on someone. You think, what am I doing? I've actually stopped playing. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, what am I thinking? So... I keep fit most days, but that's more of a boxing gym, so... OK. Yeah, so I'll do that. So the five-a-side had to go. And then, like... When you when you did stop playing, because uh, I do I know I look young, but I'm 30. You're so, joking? No, yeah, I'm 30. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I remember you playing. I'm an Arsenal fan. You playing against us back in the day. But you hanging up your boots. Now I'm guessing you're used to it, right? But was it difficult to to initially when you when you made the decision to retire and then? No. No, it wasn't for me, and and I don't miss it. I loved it, but I don't I don't miss it. I'm lucky that I've got things that I can focus on now, and you know. The, the job I do, I'm always thinking about, you know, the teams now and, you know, looking ahead to, you know, next season. But, no, I was ready to finish. Really? I, I was, yeah, I, I was done. I didn't, I didn't want to play for anybody else. Yeah. And to play for an Arsenal or a Liverpool or United, one of the top teams, you've got to be at a certain level. And yeah. me at 34, 35, I was just probably crossing that line. I didn't want to put myself in a situation where my own supporters didn't yeah, want didn't, me in the team. Yeah, uh, yeah. So no, I made, I made the right decision. So you kind of bowed out while you were on top, basically? Yeah, I mean, I was in and out the team in the last couple of seasons, as you'd expect at that age, but it wasn't a case of like being terrified of you know, not playing football anymore. I yeah. look back and I'm really proud, but I'm, uh, no, I made the right decision. I think you've got to get out at the right time. And now with like, uh, 
punditry, was that something that you, you knew you wanted to get into rather than coaching? No, it was always one or the other. That's the, the dilemma for a lot of players now coming to the end. And uh, I started doing my coaching badges. Yeah. And I did a bit of TV punditry for ITV. Okay. At a Euros, I think it was 2012. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I didn't quite enjoy the coaching, I must say. Okay. And I maybe gave the coach, coaching up a little bit too early. I'd done my B licence and I was just starting on my A licence. But then once I got the punditry job, I didn't think there'd be any chance I'd be going into football. So you I thought, this is on. too easy, the yeah. money's too good, it's yeah. just, you turn up All of those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, like, you're so... Did you actually drink I mean, this you, tea, do you? No, I was waiting for it to oh, brew. Oh, OK. There you go, after you. Yeah. Um, I suppose you keep always fine. Um, no, 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 it's all good. No, it's all good. No, it's all right, we'll cut that bit out, won't we? <laughs> 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 How's that? Does that does that taste yeah, every yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, stick stick with the black coffee actually. Okay, black coffee, coffee, yeah, black tea. You are like with the the punditry now. I think so many people know you and love you for your punditry, especially love. like I'm not, sure I'm not sure at all. Love. No, it is <laughs> though. Going off my social media uh, profiles. No, but surely because you you mm. and Gary, I feel like you're so you are both so now comfortable like being punditry. I remember the on the overlap when they showed the um, the old clip of Gary when he first started and, and he was yeah. a little bit awkward and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But now you two are so comfortable with it. I, I think people surely, no one surely gets annoyed at you anymore. No, I'm only right? joking. That's, I mean, every football fan thinks every pundit is against their team. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, and, and also I, I love Liverpool or Gary loves Man United and you'll never get away from that because of the tribalism of, of, of football yeah really and uh, we've all got that paranoia we think every referee is against our team don't yeah. we so but that's that's part and parcel of football no it's fine it's uh, I love doing the job that we do we put a lot into it but we also enjoy it as well you know it's not sure you have to I mean, it? what a job we've got yeah. I mean getting paid to watch football yeah, <laughs> you know, can you get a better job than that? Yeah, it's true. But you do, I mean, you do yourself a discredit because I think uh, you, you actually do come out with, you know, insightful stuff. And obviously it's like entertainment as well because people, I mean, I tune in because you and Gary and Mike and everyone is, is getting involved and having a laugh. But also like you're saying stuff that is of value that you wouldn't really otherwise know. When it comes to punditry, is there any particular part of it that you, you find the most rewarding or like enjoyable? Yeah, I think doing Monday Night Football and finding something, a piece of analysis that no one has really seen before or, or has touched on. Yeah. And you're almost setting an agenda, maybe yeah. about a team yeah. or a certain player about what he does. So, I mean, if I've got Monday Night Football, I watch. Well, I do anyway. I'd watch every football show or every game over that weekend just to be aware of what other people are talking about, yeah. whether I agree with it or not, whether I, I do agree and think, well, actually, I could make that better. Mm. So I think doing something on a Monday night football, a, a piece for five or six minutes and getting into real analysis that nobody else has done. Yeah. And it working and, and, and being right. Uh, I think that's the most rewarding, yeah. Yeah. And then like you and you and Gary, when you do your, your Monday night stuff, everyone interprets, you know, tactics or whatever it, it differently. Mm. But do you find like you more or less are, are like aligned with Gary Neville or do you often come kind of a No, I think I think we're we're aligned more often than not. No one agrees on everything. Now, listen, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I think if you're completely different ends of the spectrum of how you see football, there'll be maybe more debate. But yeah. I don't think it should be a constant sort of arguing back and forward. I think when there is one, it is genuine. Mm. It's not, you know, we're doing this for, for hits or views or whatever. It is our, our view on the game. And I suppose we are quite aligned being, you know, local players <coughs> at the sort of same club both being defenders. So there is something in that. 
Uh, but when we do disagree, that is genuine, and that's when we can really go for it. Yeah, that's. And do you feel like you actually you've now been given license to like when you do disagree? And there was what was the one where it, who was it? It was you and was it Keane? Yeah, about Ronaldo. And it was, but but you properly got into it, and mm. I feel like a few years ago, maybe even you know five or more years ago, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Do you feel like now you're being let loose a little bit more? You can sort of really go for, for things? Yeah, I think that comes from being comfortable as well. And I also think it's, it's, it's the characters of the personalities. We're both, me, Roy, Garius as well, maybe yeah. even Graeme Souness, we're all quite on the front foot. Yeah. I don't think it's an act for TV. We, we were like that as players. We were quite aggressive players. And, mm. and I think we're passionate about the game. So again, it's, as you said before, you're right. It is entertainment. You've got to remember that it's not just football, football. You've got to be enjoy yourself. You've got to give the viewers something where you know, they're not getting bored. Yeah. But I think situations like that, you're almost, you're in the pub, aren't you? You know, you're with your it's, mate, tr it's yeah, true, or wherever yeah. you are. And it's, you're not in the TV studio and the TV studio just goes out the window and yeah. you just, I've got to win this argument. I'm, <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not letting up, you know what I mean? Uh, but no, it's good. But what you've got to remember is, you know, they can only let it go so long and then you have to go to a break. Yeah, exactly. But when the break comes, I think we should film that. Yes. That's a good idea, yeah. isn't it? I've always thought that we should film the break. Because surely the, the argument continues, right? It, do, it doesn't actually. Everyone just sort of almost starts laughing. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's like... Uh, I remember one a few years ago, me and Roy. I think we were, we were arguing about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer as the manager. And I was saying he's not good enough. Uh, and then he just brought Frank Lampard in from nowhere. <laughs> and then we went to the break and I went, poor Frank Lampard, he's just having a Sunday dinner at home. You know what I mean? And just out of nowhere, Roy Keane's threw him in. He's like, hang on yeah, a sec, yeah. how have I been dragged into ah. this? Uh, to, to go into your punditry life a little bit, what are your thoughts on like ex-players being managers? Do you think it's on the whole a good idea or do you, would, you, would you sort of tend to steer clear of, of no, I, doing I think that? it's a good idea. I, I think a lot of our generation is being criticised, and maybe rightly so, for going into punditry and not going into coaching. Mm. I'm not criticised because... No, not criticised, no. It, it, it's like, I think people want to see you know, you know that golden generation that, that it was called, those England players. Now, we never achieved as much as we should have done, but there were some world-class players in yeah. that squad. And it is nice to sort of see how they would fare in management. And I think we're so desperate in this country, it feels to me, for our own Pep Guardiola. Yeah. You know, we went straight from sort of playing, straight into management. And you look at Frank and Stevie, two of the greatest midfield players this country's ever produced, both got over 100 caps. So yeah. I think it is great to see them on the journey and, and where it's going to go and, and for us to analyse that. Yeah. We've had uh, both of them, I think, on the show, on uh, on Sky and on Monday Night Football. So, you know, credit to them for having a go. Yeah. With, with those two as well, because obviously everyone knows that like England's golden generation, 2006, like, should have done more with what we had. Did you know that those two, like their approach to the game, did you, could you sort of tell they were going to get into coaching or management? Or not? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think most people would have said I would have before Stevie oh, really? in the dressing room. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Stevie would say that himself. Uh, <coughs> oh God, I've been that having... was coming. That was being coming for five minutes. That. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 I've got some tablets if you need some. Yes. But yeah, so you, you were. People yeah, I think most people you. in the dressing room would have felt I'd have gone into it. Oh, people always say to me, oh, "I thought you were going to be a coach or a manager," because I, I probably love football more than than anyone in the dressing rooms I was involved yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think just loving football necessarily means you should be a manager. It's about you know dealing with people. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And that's probably where I would fall down. Really, actually dealing with people on an everyday basis who are maybe doing things that I didn't want them to do. Do, do you think that's like an, uh, 
an undervalued or kind of underrated part of being a manager like that, uh, being good with people aspect. Oh, massive. Because like people just obviously, I mean, I, I also think like, surely you need to know the game, be really good with your tactics. But do you think that's an underrated aspect that being able to speak well, to it, people? It, maybe it is, but it shouldn't be. I think that's one of the most important things, if not the most important things. When you talk about knowing the game, of course you've got to know the game if yeah. you're a manager. Yeah. But you've got so many people around, you know, coaches, analysts, people putting the video clips together. Yeah. You know, for a manager, it is almost just managing a group of people. Yeah. I mean, that's that's in the name, isn't it? So, when I watch someone like Jurgen Klopp, you see him on the pitch, hugging, kissing the players after a game. No one ever says anything if they're not playing. He always speaks really well about people in the press. And does he really believe what he's saying? It probably doesn't. Yeah. But he knows he says it as part of the act, part of sort of keeping a club and a, you know in a dressing room together. Yeah. And before mm -hmm. I'd love to talk to you about Liverpool as well. But just a word on the that England side as well, 2006. Is there any player from like the current side that you think could have made that squad? Because in that squad back then, you I mean the list is endless of legendary, unbelievable players. Mm -hmm. Do you think there would be a player who's currently playing in the England squad who, who would have been able to play back then? I think Declan Rice. I think really? England were crying out, weren't they, for sort of that sort of real holding midfield player. And I'm not saying Declan Rice is a complete holding midfield because no. he likes to get forward, but I think someone alongside Lampard and Gerrard in that really? midfield role. I think possibly Declan Rice, I think he's a super player. So Deck. Yeah. De Will fair, he be happy? Has he been on you? No, he's not. But I, I interviewed him. Is he not a big year. enough name yet? No, yeah. Now he is. He is now. I put him in that midfield. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he's. I. I love him now because even. It's been about. Before when he first broke on, I was like, yeah, he's a good player. But then nothing really wowed me about him. Yeah. But genuinely, over the last like ten months, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. I think he's the next England captain. Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, he should be. And then with the um, the prem as well. So with. Uh, this Liverpool side, you say obviously Jurgen Klopp and the effect that he's had. How good do you think? Because I had um, another name drop. I had Carl Walker on the show okay. uh, a few weeks ago, and I asked him, "Do you think people realise how good City have been, or have had to be, because of Liverpool over the last few years?" And he said, "No." He's like, "I don't think people." He says he doesn't even think they knew how good they had to be. Yeah. Um, how good do you think this, these Liverpool and Man City sides are compared to obviously the legendary teams that Chelsea 05-6, yeah. yeah. Arsenal Invincibles? I, I think they're right up there, I really do. I think they could go up against anyone. The only way you can judge English teams and how strong they are is what they do in Europe, for me. Yeah. I mean, because who knows what it would have been like playing 15 years ago or what Wenger's teams and Ferguson's teams would have done right now. Yeah. You look at the points totals are completely different now. Yeah. So that is a barometer, but then you could argue is that the strength of the league? You know, in terms of the teams at the top getting more points because the teams at the bottom is not as strong. I don't yeah. know. You could you could make that argument, but the level of levels of consistency we have never seen before. Yeah. I don't think we will see again. Really. I, I, not so not so much consistently. We'll have the odd season where a team does lose one game, and yeah. we had the Invincibles. Don't get me wrong, but even the Invincible team, points wise, was nowhere near. No, these it's teams true. Are getting, yeah. Yeah. They're getting like an extra ten or fifteen points a season. So whether we get that again when you know Klopp and Pep leave. I'm not so sure, but I think right now, I think if you start next season and ask people who win the Champions League, most people would say Liverpool or Man City. I yeah. know Real Madrid won it and they had a, you know, a bit of a freak run, but I still think Man City and Liverpool would be the favourites for the Champions League next Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree with you. And the, you, you say like the, the barometer, I guess, for, for how good a team is, is obviously what they mm. do in Europe, right? But don't you also feel like 
No, I'm talking about not the actual team, the league as Oh, such. the league, sorry. Yeah, okay, I'm talking yeah, about you know, the strength of the Premier League. The only way you can fully judge it, and I think in the late 2000s, when we, we were there, so we won it in 05, I think. Yeah. Arsenal got the final 06. 06 yeah. We got the final 07. 08 was uh, United-Chelsea. Yeah. And then United had a couple of games against Barcelona. So for a, a six or seven year period, it was yeah. It, it, it was the Premier League. And I think we're getting close to that now with yeah, Chelsea City in the final last year, Liverpool the final, Liverpool winning before, it. Yeah. You know, so I think we're getting back to that. That is true. But also, do you, so obviously having won the, the Champions League yourself, right? There is always that debate. I think a lot of people have been talking about it recently as well, about Man City winning the Premier League, um, Real Madrid winning the, the Champions League, for example. What's harder to do? Because um, I would probably lean towards like, even we saw uh, Chelsea winning it last year, you don't need to be the best team in Europe to no. win it. Even though it is obviously impossibly hard, but to win the Premier League is just different. Yeah, it is different. I always side with the the Champions League and my easiest argument is, well, I think there's only Nottingham Forest who've won more European Cups than league, so every other team in Europe have won the league more times than the European Cup. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So, and you look at sort of big teams who've gone so long. I mean, City haven't won it. Uh, yeah. Someone like an Inter Milan. They won yeah. it under Jose, but you had to go back to the 60s since PSG. they won it before. Yeah, yeah, PSG can't win it right now. Now, different leagues have got different strengths. The Premier League, I agree with you. If you're saying now for... Chelsea or Tottenham mm. next season, they will have more chance of winning the Champions League than the Premier League because yeah. I don't see how they get 95 points. You know, it probably yeah. would be easier for them to uh, win the Champions League. But if you'd ask City, you know, if they don't say the Champions League, they've never won it. Yeah, so it has true. to be tougher for them. So it's, uh, it is special, the Champions League. I've, I've said before, I'd rather win the Champions League than the Premier League. I didn't win no way. the Premier League. Really? Yeah. I don't get how people don't say that. The Champions League's a much bigger trophy than the Premier League. But don't you think <clears throat> this year, as a Liverpool, Liverpool fan, would you have preferred to win the Premier League than the Champions League? Yeah, but the, the only because reason Because you've already that, won the Champions League, right? Yeah, maybe. And also because when Liverpool won it, the fans weren't in the stadium. So I could, I could get that sentiment, but I don't ever believe that, that, that a, a domestic league is bigger than the Champions League. Yeah, I just don't yeah. see that. I mean, no, the Premier yeah, League's massive, but the Champions League, you, you know, it's just... It's, it, the whole world's watching that game. Yeah, yeah. That cup is just yeah, it's special, isn't it? Also, just a, a final word on on because I love the the Pep Klopp rivalry. I guess mm. you could call it a rivalry. Klopp has revolutionised this Liverpool side, right, and made them one of the best Premier League sides ever. They are unbelievable. When he eventually got, it might be five years or whatever. Do you think it's going to be really hard for Liverpool to? kick back from like kind of bounce back from that yeah I think it will I think he's a special manager he's a one-off I think Liverpool really if, if you were saying where Liverpool should finish yeah in terms of you know financially Liverpool should be a team right now who, who maybe finish fourth because you know United have got more money Chelsea yeah. probably got more money and City so I know that the league doesn't work like that but I think Klopp's overachieving more than those okay. other managers yeah. in that sort of bracket really and I, and I do fear if when Klopp goes Liverpool will get another top manager but would he be Jurgen Klopp mm. and would he be able to overachieve and compete against other teams who've, who normally spend more money than them that's, that's the special thing what Klopp's done yeah that's what I think about um, Mikel like Arteta I'm an Arsenal fan but I think like he is also even though at the end of the season no one cared <clears throat> everyone's so annoyed and disappointed we didn't get top four but I think to do what he's done with that team is like, has been really impressive because before there was a lot of Deadwood really to, yeah. to get rid of and 
it's almost like it, it just felt good to feel like we were progressing in some way and like developing our play, like actually being in big games, turning up, and apart from the North London derby, like I feel like. I mean, that team being the shout yeah, was that team should finish fifth when you look at it. If, I think Arsenal getting in the top four would have been overachieving, yeah, and would have been a great job. I do fear for Arsenal going forward. I think it was an opportunity missed though, in terms of the position you found yourself in and yeah. having no European football. Every week you could you know build your whole training up to this one game at the weekend, and I, and I think that's going to be a massive blow for Arsenal to miss out on that. You have Europa League now. And I just don't think you've got the, the squad. I think you, no, you, you've don't. probably got more chance of winning the Europa League and getting in the Champions League than maybe getting in the top four. I think it'd be really tough. And the, well, the managers extra, what, 15 now, games now. Yeah, it's like... the managers now in that Premier League, real top quality, and it's yeah. going to be tough for any young manager to break through that. You know, the top four now and the managers they've got. You've got Ten Hag coming as well. I think it's going to be tough for Arsenal to get in the top four. Yeah. Well, on that bright note, we'll, 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 we'll call it a day. <laughs> no, um, Jamie, thank you so much. Thank you, thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you so you. much. Um, everyone, if you enjoyed, uh, like, do all that subscribe stuff. Hope you enjoyed uh, and tune in for the next episode. Can we also get a big shout out to Josh Denzel, our mate, if that's okay? Josh Denzel, superb job on the overlap. Just keep up the good work, mate. <laughs> 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 and that's it. Right, everyone, enjoy. We'll see you next time.